Our top story tonight, Clayton Toon, the late round draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Could he end up being the day one starter? Drumbeat is starting that the Cardinals think they may have found their own Brock Purdy. We're here to cover that and more on Player Profiler today. Cardinals might have found a new week one starter because we all know that Kyler Murray's not starting week one. That's not going to happen. He suffered the ACL tear late in the year. He will not be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals. One, there are some thoughts that he could be back earlier than expected. But week one, it's not going to be Kyler Murray. And it might not be Colt McCoy either. Colt McCoy was the logical favorite to become the starter. He was the backup last year. He was the guy that stepped in for Kyler Murray, but he's not healthy either. He's got some neck issues, some nerve issues going on. Colt McCoy may not be ready to start the year. He is, at the very least, not going to be participating in most of training camp, he is going to be out and on the sideline. And so that leaves fifth round pick Clayton Toon versus David Blau, David Black, David Blah, or Jeff Driscoll. That's it. And David Blau, that is openly tanking. Jeff Driscoll, pretty much the same thing. That's a worse version of Tatum Hill at quarterback. So why not? Clayton, too. Why not see if you've got your own version of Brock Purdy, but in the fifth round? And I swear that so, so many teams are overvaluing bad quarterbacks because of Brock Purdy. You see some bad players getting drafted this year, but Clayton Toon isn't one of them. Clayton Toon is talented. He is athletic. He is, in fact, the second most athletic quarterback in this class, obviously behind only Anthony Richardson. He is six foot three, 220 pounds. He has an 88th percentile 40, a 95th percentile burst, and an 83rd percentile agility score. The man is athletic across the board, which is why he is the 25th most athletic quarterback in the player profiler database. The man is an athlete at quarterback, six foot two, 220. 544 rushing yards as a senior, but that is if you do it in the stupid way that college football does, where sacks, sacks count as negative rushing yards. No, no, Clayton Toon had 697 yards on the ground if you want to count it correctly. He had five rushing touchdowns as a senior, and he had five rushing touchdowns in 2020. Over the five years that Clayton Toon was with the Houston Cougars, 1,900 yards rushing and 15 TDs. That's pretty damn good. That is pretty Konami-esque. So Clayton Toon, if he does start, could do worse than a Konami-style quarterback like that. Clayton Toon showed some impressive accuracy in college. He had a 67 and a 68% completion rate the past two years. That is better 
than Brock Purdy, who had a 66% and a 71%. So kind of in the middle, but better than his worst year, worse than his best year. Over eight yards per attempt in each of Tim's final two seasons with the Houston Cougars, a 7.5 and then 7.8 yards per attempt. The t- oh, sorry. No. It was two years in a row for Clayton Toon above eight yards per attempt. Brock Purdy has seven and a half yards per attempt and 7.8 yards per attempt in his final two seasons, though he did break eight yards per attempt in his first two seasons. And then you look at just the pure metrics, and I get it. They're playing different divisions, but 70 touchdowns through the air the last two seasons. That's pretty damn good for Clayton Toon. 20 interceptions, 70 to 20. I will take that. Whereas Brock Purdy, it was a 38 to 17 TD to interception ratio over his final two years. So three more interceptions for Clayton Toon and 32 more touchdowns, Clayton Toon. I'm not saying it's likely that we're going to get another Brock Purdy. Most late-round quarterbacks are bad. But if we've got a guy who could start games, that has value in Superflex no matter what, especially when he can rush. At the very worst, you'll have a trade asset in Clayton Toon. And I'll be honest, I did not expect Clayton Toon to be getting buzzed during Dynasty Week, but here we are, Clayton Toon. In line to start week one, unless Colt McCoy can make a miraculous recovery. And if you want to draft Colt McCoy on the FMPC, the pod father has the way to do it. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember... Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Now, Clayton Toon starting is not to say that the Cardinals offense will be good, not to say that it will be productive, but you can do a hell of a lot worse with David Blau under center. So, James Conner. How is he going to perform if he has a rookie under center? How is he going to perform with Jeff Driscoll? How is he going to perform with David Blau? How is he going to perform with Colt McCoy? The thing is, with James Conner, even though it's a bad offense, he is going to be an absolute bell cow. And he has been for the past two seasons. And he probably has an improved offensive line. They drafted Paris Johnson in the first round. He signs in at left guard. That is an upgrade. They signed Yota Froholt to be their center. That is an upgrade over what Rodney Hudson showed at the end of his career, and he has stepped away from the game. So it's an upgraded offensive line. Worst quarterback situation. That is objectively true, but maybe James Conner is a little bit more efficient on the ground, though he did have a pretty good season. He was four and a half yards per carry this past season, three 
yard, 3.7 yards per carry the year before. So James Carr, he jumped back up. But volume is going to be the key for James Conner. He was the RB7 and the RB9 in points per game the past two seasons because he is a bona fide bell cow. He gets all the touches, all the carries. It doesn't matter. Chase Evans, he left, obviously. And at that point, there was no threat from Eno Benjamin, no threat from Keontae Ingram. Kate Connor is just the dude. And now they have a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system. They hired Brown's offense or Brown's quarterback coach, Drew Petzing, played Q, or was the QB coach in 2022, did a really good job with Jacoby Brissett. Sean Watson struggled in his return, but they're hoping that Drew Petzing can help with another mobile quarterback, a young mobile quarterback in Clayton Toon. And we saw in 2022, the Browns offense that he ran, Nick Chubb was also a bell cow. Kareem Hunt had the lowest usage that he's had in the last couple of years. However, Petzing was also part of the Browns for 2020 and 2021, where Kareem Hunt was used more than we like. So what is it? Are the Cardinals going to treat James Conner like Nick Chubb? in 2022 as a bell cow, or are they going to treat him as Nick Chubb in 2021 and 2020 where they're just sort of, okay. I don't know. I lean closer to the bell cow, James Connor, but maybe we see just a couple more touches a game for Keontae Ingram. He's flashed in low usage, but either way, James Connor, he's going way too late. James, Con- I'm not even a James Connor fan. I have never been a James Connor fan, but at this point you've got, at least 60% of the opportunity, even if it is closer to a committee, James Conner, 60% of the opportunity. It's fine. It is absolutely fine where he is going. 77th overall on the FPC. Just ridiculous. Because he gets involved in the passing game too. 55 receptions last year. I don't know, 46? I can't remember which or I did this. Damn you, Jack. Either way, James Conner. A 55, a 34, a 35, a 37, and a 46 reception season. James Conner can get it done in the passing game. James Conner is just a good pick in fantasy football. And at tight end, someone has to play tight end. Will it be Trey McBride or will it be Zach Ertz? Because Zach Ertz, he tore his ACL and his MCL on November 13th. Currently, we are eight months post-pair. And surgery happened shortly after. We don't know exactly when it happened. So it's eight-ish months since Zach Ertz has torn his ACL. I don't know if you know, but when you clicked on the video, it said what today's date was. It is the 17th, right? I have to double check. It's the 18th. So either way, we are the 18th of June. We got July, August, September. That will be 9, 10, 11 months post-ACL come week one. So Zach Ertz will be right in line to potentially play, but he's going to have some struggles with his effectiveness. He's not going to play a full workload. He never did. Zach Ertz is not a blocking tight end. He is a slot tight end, so that he's never going to see a full set of snaps, especially coming off an ACL tear. So, Trey McBride. What kind of leap forward could we see from McBride from week 10 on? So, after Zach Ertz tore his ACL in week 10, he was the tight end 18 tight end 53, the tight end 17, the tight end 16, the tight end 27, yeah, tight end 2. Tight end 2 looked pretty good. 7 of 10 receptions, targeted 10 times Trey McBride was 
caught seven of them, 78 yards, and a touchdown on his 20.8 PPR points. And he did a pretty good job drawing targets, four, three, six, five, four, ten, and three targets. So over the final seven games, Trey McBride had five targets per game, three and a half reception, 33 yards, 7.7 PPR points. And at face value, that kind of sounds not great, really, right? That's tied for 21st at tight end. But then you remember, 21st at tight end was Tyler Conklin. And Tyler Conklin had plenty of startable weeks with the New York Jets. And that's what the tight end position is. It is just awful. It's a headache. Trey McBride is going to have some usable weeks. Zach Ertz is going to have some usable weeks. And I think Zach Ertz might honestly be underrated at this point. Because he's going to return at the latest end of September, but I won't be actually be surprised if Zach Ertz is on the field for week one. He'll miss training camp, so it'll take time to get going, but Zach Ertz might be underrated at this point, or maybe Trey McBride is underrated at this point, but over those final seven games, he did average more points per game than Kyle Pitts. I'm just saying. So where does this leave the Arizona Cardinals in 2023? With Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy or Jeff Driscoll or Dave Blau and a little bit of Kyler Murray under center. It's not great. They start against the Washington Commanders and then they face the Giants. There is no way they beat both the Commanders and the Giants. I don't think they beat either of the Commanders or the Giants. Maybe they beat one of them. Maybe. I'm saying best case scenario, they can beat one of the Commanders or the Giants. But they're going to lose to the Cowboys, going to lose to the 49ers, going to lose to the Bengals. And they face the Rams. Rams could go either way as a divisional mashup. I favor the Rams, but Rams are going to be a bad team too. They just have a better quarterback in Matthew Stafford. They're going to lose to the Seahawks. The Cardinals will absolutely lose to the Seahawks. Lose to the Rams. Lose to the Browns. They could beat the Falcons. They could beat the Atlanta Falcons, but not even that's a guarantee. I think the Falcons are better than the Cardinals, but it's a winnable game. This is where you have to go with the Cardinals. Not that... I expect them to win. Just is it winnable, period? And the Falcons and Texans, those are winnable games, but I'm not confident, not comfortable taking the Fal- or the Cardinals in either of those. And then they face the Rams again. Again, I've said that a toss-up. The Steelers is going to be an L. They're going to lose to the 49ers again. They're going to lose to the Chicago Bears. They're going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're going to lose to the Seattle Seahawks again. So if you weren't counting to recap, the best-case scenario, is that Cardinals beat either the Falcons or the Giants. I refuse to give them both of those wins. So that's one win. Best case scenario, they sweep the Rams. I'm not willing to say that either, but best case scenario, they somehow sweep the Rams. That's three wins. And then the Texans and Falcons are winnable games. I'm not even saying they should be favored, but they're winnable. That is five games that I think the Arizona Cardinals can win. And I'm not even confident they do. I don't want to give them the Commanders or Giants win. I'm just saying it's possible. So best case scenario, possible for the Arizona Cardinals is five wins. The over-under is four and a half wins. Does anyone out there think best case scenario is going to happen for the Arizona Cardinals in year one of Jonathan Gannon without Kyler Murray? I absolutely do not. Worst case scenario is coming to the Arizona Cardinals. They are okay with that because they are okay tanking. They also get the Texans picked. We're hoping that the Texans tank as well. But this is an absolute smash. Arizona Cardinals under four and a half wins. That is just locked and loaded, ready to go. The Cardinals are going to be one of 
the worst three teams in the NFL. 